0: welcome you to this Friday of Passion Week. We call it Good Friday. Actually, it was good because of the significant thing that King Jesus accomplished for mankind upon the cross of Calvary. It is Good Friday, but on that day, it was indeed a dark Friday. It was a sad Friday. It was a Friday full of deniers, mockery, crucifixion, death of Jesus, the King. But we're going to read from Mark chapter 15, 33 to 41 and then see the study for today and then we'll understand why it is called Good Friday. So, permit me to read from Mark chapter 15,
1: 33
0: to to 39. Let me stop at 39. And when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Eloin, Eloin, lama sabbatani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, Behold, he is calling Elijah. And someone ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on a reed, and gave it to him to drink, saying, Wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to take him down. And Jesus uttered a loud cry and bred his last. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood facing him saw that in this way he bred his last, he said, Truly, this man was the Son of God, the King, the Son of God. The Lamb of God that has been established through this study hung on the cross. Amazingly, through the study, we saw the wonderful titles of Jesus, what he truly is, how the disciples were able to see through many miracles he performed, opening the eyes of the blind, and they they could see in full who Jesus is. Peter himself has confessed Jesus Is the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, the king that is to come. Blam Bartimaeus called him son of David, showing clearly he is a promised Messiah. Amazingly, he went into the temple. He went into Jerusalem, sorry, before the temple. And the people were able to understand at that point that this is the promised Messiah. And they shouted, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of David. But it looks like the whole table has turned overnight. Something has gone wrong to the eyes of the people. And for the first time here and listeners, it looks like the whole table has been turned. The king is hung on the cross. But in case you forgot, we've well, already established that actually he's the king, the, 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 the cross-shaped king. Because he has come to establish his kingdom and his kingdom looks upside down. And the way he's going to establish his kingdom is by giving his life as a ransom. We saw that yesterday. And the only way he can save mankind is to die for mankind, we're going to see that actually it's not just an honorary death. he himself knew that he has pr- predicted this three times, but it's a substitutional death. Even while on the cross, a substitute happened to show to us the picture of what it actually his death actually means. So if we go back a little, you will discover that from Mark chapter 8, 35, Mark chapter 9, 35, Mark 10, 45. um, Mark has prepared the description of the cross as the place where again and again things are the very opposite of what it seems to be. So the first thing we're going to see is on trial. What happened from chapter 14, verse 55 to to 65, it presents a silent Jesus. Verse 61 of where of chapter 15, Jesus was silent. Funny enough, he was blindfolded, spat on, punched, and beaten. The high priest seems to hold all the cats in their hand. But in the few words of Jesus in verses 62, what happened? Let me read that. That is Mark chapter 14, 62. And Jesus said, I am, and you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming coming with the clouds of heaven. Just that statement Jesus made was made clear. Jesus completely turned the table by that statement. He's the one who, who will be the universal judge of all, like we've been established. He's the King George. So for them it seems that they are winning But Jesus has established No, you will soon see The son of man coming from heaven With a cloud of the glory So he will be holding all the cards At that point And their arrogance in this trial Replying on false testimony Will be the true testimony Against them That will condemn them For what they have seen For what they have heard Now there was a cry crucify him the one thing we know about Barnabas is that he is guilty. Of course, it has been established clearly that Barnabas was a guilty person. In fact, he was involved in an insurrection that someone was killed. So, he was a murderer. He looks like he was the gang leader. So, this guy actually was guilty. And that was why he was in prison. The one thing Pilate recognized about Jesus is that Jesus is innocent. But what was that? didn't he recognize That these priests were envious. So, they stayed up the crowd. And the crowd, of course, pleasing Pilate, shouted, "Crucify and crucify!" And Pilate also wanted to please him, please them. He released Jesus. So, conspire, orchestrate a terrible miscarriage of judgment happened. But the resulting panel is a substitutional death of Jesus. Is the very heart of the gospel. What happened? Should I release Barnabas or should I release Jesus? He himself recognized Jesus is innocent, Barnabas is guilty. But they shouted, release Barnabas, but crucify Jesus. Between Barnabas and Jesus, who should be crucified? Of course Barnabas because he was even involved in an insurrection that led to someone's death. So he was guilty and he should be killed. But you see the substitution happening. This is not a coincidence but so a guilty man was released and an innocent man took his place even at that particular point so Mark put this in place so that we begin to understand that the people prefer that the guilty should go free and the innocent to be crucified but actually it was something that God has orchestrated that will happen but through their mischief there was an orchestrated miscarriage of justice but this has resulted to the very heart of the gospel that the death of jesus was actually a substitutional dead right from barnabas and down even to every man you can see that the romans chapter 3 verse 25 to 26 because of time go read it you understand because the art of injustice is actually the means for god to demonstrate his justice through the death of jesus christ and what does that offer of course salvation Chapter 15 from verses 31 to 32 tells us how the chief priests and the scribe mocked Jesus, but it is dripping with irony. If Jesus had come down from the cross and so saved himself, then he would not have saved others. Do you see that? So the truth is, he is saving others. That, that is precisely why he is not saving himself. Just imagine Jesus have said himself. If Jesus had saved himself, someone like James can't survive it. Because I have done all I could. And truly, my life has proven what the Bible has said. Even our righteousness is like a filthy rack. Yes, we are righteous in our own eyes. We keep the laws we could keep, but in the eyes of God is like a filthy rack. And there is no amount of rituals like Jesus has shown to us in earlier chapters, that no amount of rituals fiscal cleanses of water can actually address the heart of the problem because the heart of the problem is the problem of the heart because out of the heart proceed every evil and every human being will testify despite of how good you are you know there's evil in you and that's what he said to that young rich ruler the pharisee who came to him and jesus said no one is good but only god so there is no goodness we can do that can save us and that's what jesus have to die. So the dead you see that in chapter 15 from verses 33 to 39. It's carefully a very constructed paragraph. Now two things, two events and two cries. The first cry is Elohim, Elohim. Uh, why have you forsaken him forsaken me now because of at that point jesus willingness to give himself as a sacrificial lamb the sin of the whole world was imputed in him so there was darkness everywhere why because the son of god that was proclaimed is now carrying the sin of the whole world who darkness had to cover the whole earth for the pace of i mean three hours there was darkness everywhere and Jesus could feel the pains. So sin brings pain. And at that point, Jesus took the sin of mankind. And don't think it was easy. It was painful. It was terrible. That to the point that he himself had to cry. At that point, he ceased to be divine. He felt the pains that I should have pain, uh, faced. He, he faced the, the, the agony that I should have gone through. And he cried out. He cried out because he was feeling that deep pain, but in passion. He stood, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? They stand by hearing, imagine they kept mocking. So the first cry was, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The second cry is that he said intentionally, listen to how he intentionally gave up his life. Verse 37. And Jesus uttered a loud cry and read his last verse. When you check John, you will hear it was Telestia, te- that is, God, into your hands I commit my spirit. So he commits his spirit to God. He knows exactly this is the plan of God and this is what God is doing. So he intentionally committed his life to the God who is able to save him and to bring him back from dead. You know, showing to us the beautiful picture that Jesus... Dead was not a coincidence. So the first one in verse 3 was judgment from God. And of course, verse 34b showed to us he was forsaken. So every sin that man commits, of course, shows to us a separation from God. And there is no way. But verse 38 showed us a mystery. That actually through what Jesus Christ has done, it is a way that God has opened for all. Why? The curtain tore from the top to the bottom. And the curtain that was covering the temple, that only the priests can go into the holies of holies, was torn. Do you see that dramatic event happening at the same time? It wasn't a coincidence. In fact, I think Matthew or John added there was an earthquake. There was an earthquake. There was a shaking of the ground. An event has happened that have touched the earth, that have touched humanity, that have touched the whole universe. There was an earthquake, and the curtain rent into two, from the top to the bottom, thereby giving man access. To the throne of grace, giving us peace with God. Annoyingly, from verse 35 to 36, the Jews did not recognize it. They were still mocking Jesus. But see the beauty that happened in verse 39. Let me read that. And when the centurion who stood facing him saw that in this way he bred his last, he said, Truly, this man was the Son of God. Wow. The centurion, who was a Roman, who was not a Jewish, with everything that happened, the miracles and all the teaching Jesus did, the Jews did not recognize, but on the cross, this is this man's first experience, it is crucial for Marx theology that the centurion's believing responses arises arise not out of any avowed claim made by Jesus, nor out of any preconceived notion the centurion's part about who Jesus is but only on the basis of what is accomplished in Jesus's death precisely there is in an obscurity loneliness and humiliation of the cross and not in any miraculous display of power such as unbelieving world demands you know the world demands for proof and kind of miracles and all that, that we see today but the God of Jesus confront men only in and through his death on the cross. This is the truth. So when you look about uh, or oh, oh, for miracle and all that, there is no sufficiency. Uh, sorry, there, there, that is not what actually leads us to Christ. But the cross is what leads one to, to Christ. And the one whom Jesus seek and the man that he seek is through the power of the cross. Then and only then can truly discipleship this jesus become possible and that is the truth that is when people actually yield themselves to discipleship when they see the truth of the power of the cross like the centurion saw it it wasn't in the many miracles and yet the jews could not see and that should open up our eyes to see the truth that the power of the cross is able to save man if only man can humbly look at the humiliation So the power of the gospel, like like I told you, the kingdom itself is a cross-shaped kingdom and has a cross-shaped king that it is through the power of the cross that men can come into this kingdom. So through humiliation, through loneliness, through obscurity, through rejection, through forsaking, even like Jesus cried out by God, similarly by God, someone was able to see the power of God. And he said, truly, this man was the son of God. Because that time he said was because Jesus had died at that particular time. And it's so amazing to me that this is the thing that God has accomplished for us. And God will continue to help us. And while the Jewish rulers thought they were winning, actually they were losing. But Jesus Christ was winning. He was win and indeed he won. Tomorrow we're going to see more and next morning we're going to see the power of how Jesus committed himself to God and God is able to bring him back to show to us that to everyone who commits himself in Christ Jesus even when he died he will resist the hope of Christianity this is the hope that we have that when we die in Christ we resurrect in him because he himself died but he's able to come back. There's Few things that I wanted to add about Peter's denial. It shows to us clearly no man was good. Peter himself, who seems like the ardent disciples of all, who said, Even if it means me to die, I am not going to forsake you, he forsaked him three times. He denied him three times. Why others forsook him? But amazingly, I wanted to leave. But I need to add this for the fact that this event of Peter's deniers appear in the whole gospel show to us that there is no man that can save himself and every man needs this sacrificial dead so that he can be saved and the lord will help us in jesus name as i round off the please permit me to pray uh, something i found so fascinating about good friday and i think it will help us to understand some of the things that has happened
1: Is praying. Peter's a sleeping. Judas is betraying. But Sunday's coming. It's Friday. Pilate's struggling. The council is conspiring. The crowd is vilifying. They don't even know that Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The disciples are running like sheep without a shepherd. Mary's crying. Peter is denying. But they don't know that Sundays are coming. It's Friday. The Romans beat my Jesus. They robe him in scar. They crown him with thorns. But they don't know that Sundays come. It's Friday. See Jesus walking to Calvary, his blood dripping, his body stumbling, and his spirits burdened. But you see, it's only Friday. Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The world's winning. People are sinning, and evil's grinning. It's Friday. The soldiers nailed my Savior's hands to the cross. They nailed my Savior's feet to the cross. And then they raised him up next to criminals. It's Friday. But let me tell you something. Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The disciples are questioning what has happened to their king. The Pharisees are celebrating that their scheming has been achieved. But they don't know. It's only Friday. Sunday's coming. It's Friday. He's hanging on the cross, feeling forsaken by his father, left alone and dying. Can nobody save him? Oh, it's Friday, but Sunday's come. It's Friday, the earth trembles, the sky grows dark, my king yields his spirit. It's Friday, hope is lost, death has won, sin has conquered. And Satan's just a laughing It's Friday Jesus is buried A soldier stands guard And a rock is rolled into place But it's Friday It is only Friday Sunday
0: is a cup thank you Blaze see you tomorrow